three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. I've got a review here for... (laughs) Oh, God. I have a review for the directorial debut of Sia uh, Music, which... Uh, let's be kind and say that it's getting lamb-blasted from critics and... From many audience, uh, from uh, many audience uh, members who've seen it as well. Um, okay, so if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, uh, if this is your first review, uh, welcome. Uh, yours truly, I have been known to not care, and when I say that, I mean if people are outraged about you know fill in the blank. I'm not one to just jump on the train. I am one to go, okay, let's see why people are pissed off. Does it really warrant being pissed off? Does it really warrant all this negative press? Uh, The closest example I'll use, because I I think you have to compare this movie to uh, this other film, I think about uh, Cuties, when Cuties came out. Now, you know, I wasn't in love with the film or didn't think of the best things in Slice of Bread or anything like that. But I really did think that the film got an incredibly raw deal because people were judging it based off the trailer. And if you're one of those people who who goes, oh, I saw a trailer. I got the gist of the movie. Uh, you can fuck right off because you're not giving the creator of the art uh, credit by actually sitting through the film. You're not actually having a fully formed opinion because you haven't actually sat through and watched the artist's work. So if you're one of those people who goes, oh yeah, I've seen the trailer, I totally get the movie. Shut up. Uh, your opinion means nothing to me. Um, with that said, as someone who just finished this movie about an hour ago, uh, yeah, this is bad. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is a really bad movie. Um, there are some things to like about it, which I will get into, but Let's just get into the plot here. And I use plot very loosely. So, Sia, I, I'm a fan of Sia. I think she's a very talented musician. Um, if only she had put more time to the script as she did with her wigs, we'd be probably talking about a good film right here. But uh, Zoo, who's played by Kate Hudson, I have made fun of Kate Hudson multiple times on this podcast and damn sure will be this time uh, for this movie. She's been a lot of good stuff, uh, whether it's uh, Deepwater Horizon, whether it's uh, um, actually something borrowed. Actually, now I look through her filmography. So I will be the first to admit with Kate Hudson, almost famous goes a long way with me. But when you look through her filmography, there's a lot of misses here, whether it's you, me, and Dupree, my best friend's girl, which is fucking terrible. So is Fool's Gold. So is Bride Wars. So is something borrowed. So is, oh my God, there's a lot of bad crap on here. Uh, Mother's Day is, is egregious. 
Probably the best thing she's done recently was being the voice of uh, Mei Mei in uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. Uh, yeah, Kate Hudson's done a lot of not great stuff, and unfortunately she can add this to the uh, to the uh, to the list. The last good thing actually I think about, and I think about, she was in Marshall with uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, R.I.P. Chadwick. But yeah, so she plays Zoo, who is a recovering alcoholic. Um, she discovers that her um, she's now the sole guardian of her half sister, whose name music, who's played by uh, Maddie Ziegler. Uh, Maddie Ziegler is a uh, is a dancer. She uh, she's also an actress. She's actually going to be in West Side Story uh, this year. Hopefully that hopefully it still releases. Uh, she was the voice of Camille in uh, Leap. And I actually thought she did a really good job in that. So, like I said, I think this will be a this will be a one of those things that we look back on and go, oh hey, remember that time she was in that really bad movie? But that kind of starts my whole issue with this film off from jump. When you look at how autism is portrayed, really the closest kind of decent portrayal as for, uh, I, I think of something like I Am Sam with. Uh, uh, oh my God! Why can't I think of his name? Um, with uh, Sean Penn, there we go. And that movie, it feels like there's more of a spectrum to his autism. But that's the thing I think that we forget in general, or at least that Hollywood forgets in general, is that there is a literal spectrum to autism. You have people where it's more subtle. You have people where you know they're they're having these constant uh, these constant moments of just you know fear and everything i will speak to myself working at churches and volunteering throughout high school and stuff like that you know i've met a lot of people uh you know with autistic kids and everything and you know i've met the extreme of the spectrum as music is portrayed here and i've seen people where you know it's very subtle my um, my mom, Mama Hunter, she, uh, she used to work with, uh, special needs kids, um, uh, taking them to school every morning. That was something she did for a couple years. And, you know, we've, we've talked about that before. And the thing about Hollywood is that this was a losing battle from jump to make a movie with starring an autistic character. Really was going to rub people the wrong way regardless, even if this was the best script and Spielberg came in, directed it, and it was 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. People would find a way to be like, kind of go, oh, why did you make this? The problem with this movie, or one of the several problems with this film, is that music really isn't the star of this. She is a plot device at the end of the day. It, at the end of the day, this movie is really more about Zoo and this uh, the, the neighbor who lives next door to her in music, uh, Ebo, who's played by Leslie Odom Jr., who uh, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to give Leslie Odom Jr. a pass. On this. <laughs> this is one of those times I rarely give people a pass. But, brother, you get a pass on this. Uh, you know, Leslie Odom Jr., of course, from Hamilton, from. Uh, from uh, Central Park. He's great on there. He just played Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami. He will get an Oscar nomination. You heard it here first. Uh, he's incredible. And Leslie Odom Jr., 
God bless you, sir. I, I will totally strike this from the record. This will be one of those things I go, well, all right, you were in this. And the problem, the big problem with this movie is that it's really about Ebo and Zoo. Zoo being the recovering alcoholic and Ebo has his own issues that you find out about that are to be kind or laughable. But this movie opens up with with uh, music getting dressed. You see her in like her bra and underwear and she's getting dressed. So it's a very, why are you doing that? Why are we starting here with the movie? First off, but she really is playing, it feels like a caricature of someone who's autistic. She's stick, she's bugging her eyes out really big. She's sticking her jaw out. She's, you know, kind of putting her tongue out on occasion. And I'm not even going to attempt to even emulate what, uh, what is portrayed here? If if Robert Downey Jr. was around in Tropic Thunder, he would say they went full autistic because there's no subtlety at all to this portrayal. And while I read up on this movie a little bit because I actually did research this a little bit, go figure. I guess they attempted or had cast a person with autism, but the actress just couldn't handle it. She just she was freaking out on set and stuff, and so they went. Uh, they went with uh, the actress that they have now, but my issue is with that. So the fuck what you cat you uh, attempted to cast one autistic kid, so you just went. Oh, we're we're done trying. You don't get points for trying it once, and it felt like the film went well. We tried once to cast an autistic person, but since it didn't happen, that kind of absolves us from this film, and it does not at all. So I'd like to put that out there right from Jump Street. So that's number one. Number two, to give the movie a compliment, this is a very well shot film. Uh, Sia, you know, has directed you know several of her music videos, uh, you know, directing herself and everything. It's not like Sia isn't talented. The, the art direction here, the cinematography, the visual effects, the music, several of the musical numbers are really good here. There's one that uh, Leslie Odom Jr. has really by himself for the most part. That well, it's, it's starring him. That's a great musical number. I went, oh, okay. But this is, and I haven't reviewed this film yet. This is kind of similar to that Netflix film, The Prom, and how people and several of my gay friends uh, and fellow LGBTQ allies have talked to me about this. Going, well, James Corden is basically playing gay face. And does that offend you? And I go, well, you know, I'm not gay, so, you know, I, I can be offended, but you know, I've really deferred to my uh, LGBTQ LGBTQ friends on this. But James Corden, he is playing gay face, in my opinion, the prom. Um, I think anyone could have done that role. Like James Corden's not special. Like, why do you have him <laughs> to be in that role? It just didn't make any sense to me, to be honest. And this movie here, I don't know what the equivalent of uh, of gay faces for autism, but that's what this is. Uh, there's a point where music is barely in the fucking movie. I mean, she's in it, but she's really pushed to the side for Zoo and Ebo to work through their to work through their bullshit. And considering neither, neither of them are the titular character, that was something I went, well, now you're using autism as a prop and as a plot device. And that's doubly offensive, not just off the betrayal, which I just go, all right, that's 
that's really ridiculous that this is the route you're going. Zu being a recovering alcoholic, she has some friction with uh, Hector uh, Eliz- uh, Elizondo, uh, who plays George. You've seen him. Uh, you've seen him and stuff, uh, whether it's uh, the original t- taking of the Pelham one, two, three. Um, he was in uh, Pretty Woman, uh, Runaway Bride, Raising Helen, uh, Book of Life. He's a voice uh, on there, which is which he's actually really good at. Uh, he voices Jim Gordon in the Lego Batman movie. I, I, I've I seen him quite a bit of stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize you. And honestly, he's probably the best actor. Oh, he's on Less Man Standing, which I don't watch. But, you know, uh, he's probably the best acting performance in this outside of Leslie Odom Jr. Because while Leslie Odom Jr. gets some dog shit to work with, I really think he's trying so hard and the musical numbers of course because he's done musicals before he really does shine in those moments but the problem is that with a musical first off this is not a musical this is not portrayed as a musical i know a big selling point is 10 new songs from sia and my first thought was well just make this an album and put it out This apparently has been in the can for four years, and it really shows. And it's one of those times I would have just gone, you know what? We just need to eat the loss on this. Yeah, it's not great that we wasted our money, but we really need to eat the loss on this. And someone decided not to, and unfortunately, we actually have to know that this movie exists. Um, There is, uh, I, I can't find the kid's name, but there's a subplot here where music has this neighbor who's also autistic and I believe the family's Korean. Um, I apologize if they're not, I believe they're Korean though. And he, in, in this kid, there are points where he, you know, waves at music, but they never really actually interact. I don't, they're never even like close enough in proximity. They're never even like socially distanced close proximity. Like they're far away from each other the whole film, but he kind of has his own subplot where, you know, he sees music from afar, but then there's like a quick cut and he cuts by in a corner. And the other problem with that, the problem with that is that Sia shoots it like a horror movie. So it feels like he's stalking her more than actually wanting to talk to her, which I had a really big fucking problem with. And I've read a couple reviews on this and no one's pointed that out. And I, I was pretty actually irritated. No one brought that up. And what, where that character ends up, you know, full spoilers, who fucking cares for this movie? There, there's a point in this film where this, this character, and I, again, I can't remember the character's name, but where this character walks in on his dad, choking his mom, has him, uh, has her pinned against the wall is like yelling at her. Uh, he's freaking out because I mean, fuck, why wouldn't you be? I mean, like autistic or not, you walk in, you see your dad choking your mother. Yeah. You would fucking lose your shit. So he walks in, he's like, stop, stop. And he's trying to like kind of hit the dad to get his attention. The dad turns around, hits his kid, throws the kid into like the corner of the wall, busts the kid's head wide open, kills him. The only person in this movie who dies is the autistic boy that they could not even find a reason for him to actually meet up with music or interact with any of the other characters really outside of Ebo because he so happens to be a boxer, which Ebo happens to be. 
it that alone I went I can't give you above a C minus just off that principle alone but I'm not done kids because there is a lot more to get into here um zoo is such a selfish character she's such a selfish bitch and the whole movie where you know she's going on her hero's journey by the end you should think oh she's a better person she's reformed she's going to be better like there's there's hope for her i never felt like that at all for her i felt like she's a selfish person from jump she tells ebo at a point oh I was going to take music to the, uh, what she calls, uh, she calls it the the people pound because zoo basically has one day of trying to take care of music and goes, yeah, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Is there somewhere I can just drop her off? She actually calls, um, not child protective services, but she calls like the County or whatever. And even asks, Hey, I have this autistic girl. And this is my Kate Hudson. Hey, I have this autistic girl here. What if I happen to just not be here? Like, do you come and pick her up or something? I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically verbatim what she says. And the operator on the other side of the phone goes, but you are there. And Zoo goes, but what if I wasn't here? And the operator again goes, but you are here. And Zoo goes, but what if I wasn't? I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, what the fuck? Seriously, this is how you're trying to endear me to this woman? Like, she's going to make some giant some giant flip it, it, it makes no sense at all secondly zoo because uh her her mom uh zoo and music's mom dies that's why zoo comes into the picture in the first place zoo stole from george stole his tv and shit and it was only it only happened like five six months ago and uh, five months ago and she makes the comment of, well, I was drunk and high at the time. As someone who's been drunk and high thousands of times, there is no fucking way I've ever been high and or drunk enough to steal someone's TV. That's number one. Number two, Zoo's really treating it like it's no big deal. Like, oh, like I stole your TV. So what? I'd be fucking furious if someone stole my TV, let alone to come around not even... A year later, when the heat would maybe somewhat be off and go, oh, it's all good. Wasn't that funny the time I stole from you? And George rightfully is like, you're a bitch, which, again, he has every right to fucking feel. But but that's the problem with Zoo is that the movie is like, well, come on. She's supposed to be. It, it's very similar to the end of Dexter where Dexter just leaves Harrison with Hannah and you go, you selfish asshole. And if you haven't seen Dexter by now, don't call spoilers. Shut up. But the fact that Dexter just goes, oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a serial killer. Like, I just don't want to raise you and just leaves him, leaves Harrison with another fucking serial killer. It's like, it's like really? That's what you're. Uh, but there are so many points in this movie that I just was sitting here going, I really hate that you're doing this. Uh, music has this freak out. Uh, when they're in the park, uh, Zoe and uh, Zoo and Bo, I almost said Zobo, but when Zoo and Bo, uh, Ebo, God, these names are dumb. Anyways, where Zoo and Ebo are walking music in the in the in the park, and she has this freak out in the middle of the park. Earlier in the film, Zoo 
is watching music have a freakout moment in the apartment and she doesn't know what to do. So Ebo comes over because he happens to be the next door neighbor. He comes over and pins music down on the bed, is straddling her with his hands, pinning her wrist down. And so, and I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure I got this exactly correct. Zoo says, oh my God, are you hurting her? And Ebo, keep in mind, the person of color in this movie goes, I'm not hurting her. I am just crushing her with my love. That is a verbatim line from this fucking movie. And Sia and her writing partner, um, what's his name? Dallas Clayton, which is his writing debut, which holy shit, this is your writing debut. They put that. They put that down and went, there's nothing problematic with this. Nothing. And that was allowed to fly. Like the fact that no one went ahead and went, hey, maybe you shouldn't have that incredibly offensive fucking line in here. And they just went, nope, nope, totally fine. And some people listening to this might go, Hunter, you're looking way too deep in that. Come on, man. Okay. Then challenge you, riddle me this fucking Batman. Why is it later on in the film, Ebo even says, I'm not climbing on top of a white girl in the middle of the park? Because he knows how bad that'll look. So I'm sorry. It's okay for that shit to look bad in private, but not in public. Like, I know there are cops in public, but seriously, like, give me a fucking break. And the movie just acts again like it's fucking fine. And it is maddening so Ebo has an accent Leslie Odom Jr. has an accent he's from uh, Guana because of of course he fucking is this movie wound in to cram in every single TV movie trope that it really could not only do you have someone who's autistic not saying that's a trope but you know what I mean but not only do you have an autistic girl in here, but again, Zoo is a recovering alcoholic. She's the one who never could make her mom happy, who's down her luck and questioning herself. They have the they have Bagger Vance living next door with a fucking accent. And Ebo, go figure, because he's from Guana, he even talks about how he used to live in a village and things were so hard and you know they had to go to a well to get water, all that shit. Like like it's it's fucking absurd. Like, he stopped just short of saying that his first, his first birthday present was a stick and a rock. Like, that's, that's the only thing he didn't say in this movie. They really, like, the only way this movie could have been saved, they turned this into a Gullah Gullah Island movie. That at least would have explained the fucking accents. But going through some of the music here, there, there are the, some of the set pieces are really well done. It's frustrating because again going to the whole autistic shit it it's frustrating because uh the actress when she uh um maddie ziegler when she's playing music in these dance numbers outside of maybe the first or second one it never feels like an autistic girl doing these doing these numbers it always feels like she's just her doing it and that's a problem, especially when you're hanging the whole movie on, again, the titular character having fucking autism. So that was something that I was noticing that I went, this is really uncomfortable that you keep not actually letting this be a fucking uh, like you're not 
even really buying into your own fucking premise. That that was something that I just went, this is really confusing. Zoo is also a drug dealer. Did I mention that? Zoo delivers drugs to people. And her drug dealer is played by is uh, Rudy, played by fucking Sonic the Hedgehog himself, John Ralphio, who's the worst in this shit because, my God, I know I was pitchy. I'm tired. Leave me alone. But Rudy in this movie, they play him off like he's just a chill drug dealer. Uh, Zeus screws him over a couple times in this movie. And the movie just goes, oh, he's a nice drug dealer. He's one of the nice ones. He wouldn't just shoot her dead where she stood. No, no. There's a point where even Rudy goes, look, if you don't sell these drugs, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but if you don't you know, get me my money, I have to do bad things. I don't want to do bad things. And Zoo just goes, oh, yeah, I'll get you your money. And doesn't get him his money. It's one. It, there's a subplot uh, where Zoo has these drugs she needs to deliver and get money for. And Music has a freak out. She almost dies at a point in the movie because Music gets uh, Music gets my girl. She gets stung by a bee and falls down in the middle of the park and starts having a seizure. So, a couple things about that. One. Earlier in the film, the film establishes the fact that Zoo and Music's mother left this letter and all these things about Music in case something were to happen to her, like how to treat her and like what she likes and da 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 da. I'm sorry. Nowhere you'd say, oh, by the way, she's allergic to fucking bees. If she gets stung, she might go into shock. There's no point where you would go, hmm, maybe I should put this in a letter. Fucking ridiculous. That that didn't even cross her mind. So there's that. Um, there is a song. Uh, I think it's called One Plus One. That's a really good song. I really, really, really like that song. I, I thought that song was actually excellent. I really... Had to take a step back and go, okay, that was that was really good. Um, the thing that I just rolled my eyes at, and it was <laughs> it was so predictable. So there's a point where Zoo uh, goes back to her drug dealer and goes, "Hey, I'm ready to pick up, you know, next shipment or whatever the fuck." She gets this medicine that's supposed to help this guy who has HIV. The moment they said he had HIV, I went, oh, of course, it's going to be the black guy. Of course, it will be her black neighbor. Of course, bagger fans will have AIDS. And what does he have? Fucking HIV. Sorry, HIV. Pardon me. But what does he have? HIV. Of course, it's him. I just sat there and went, my God. Like, do you want? You might as well just have African masks covering his fucking house. Like, what other stereotypes do you want to fucking put in this movie? And last thing I'm going to say before I get to my final thoughts, because I could just go off about why I hate this movie for it feels like forever. The big tragic thing with uh, with Ebo, he was married, and his wife le- left him for his brother, his literal brother. Not not the way black people mean it. Uh, she she leaves him for his literal brother, and I'm sitting here going. Okay, so he's cut off the family and isn't talking to any of them, right? Or at least to his fucking brother and his ex-wife. That right? That's that's thing, right? No. He's forgiven them. He's moved on. He shows up at their wedding and says, I don't know what love looks like, but I know that I'm happy for the two of you. And congratulations. And I'm sitting there going, fuck off, really? 
And the movie does this whole thing because Zoo even talks, uh, drops this line, and again, I'm paraphrasing, about, like, have you ever met someone so nice that they make you feel like a shitty person? That's the excuse for how Ebo acts and for this shitty script involved in this character. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he got screwed over, but you know what the Bible says, turn the other cheek. Go ahead and just let it, like, I'm sitting here watching this going, why would you let someone treat you so badly? And then, and then essentially, not even essentially, go ahead and actually support and uh, invalidate their behavior. Because that's exactly what he's doing by showing up at that wedding and saying, congratulations, no hard feelings. And the thing that's maddening about that is that that's a thing. He flat out, again, says, brother, I'm happy for you. My ex, like, I'm so happy you found each other, which I would have been telling them they can go fuck themselves. But that's when Zoo and music show up. And all the family members are uh, are looking at him like, what is this? white girl for shaved head and this autistic kid doing up there like the everyone there is judging and i'm sitting there going really you came to this bullshit fucking wedding and you know these people know what went down and they're still showing up and supporting this shit fuck off for judging them for having their moment on stage like give me a fucking break um all right i'm getting my final thoughts because i'm getting upset and i'd like to sleep at some point tonight so this movie's bad when I think about something like The Prom, there are a, there are a couple songs in that film. Like I said, I haven't reviewed it yet, but I will. There are a couple songs in that movie I really do love, genuinely love. The Leslie Odom song in here is genuinely excellent, as is the One by One song. These are basically like little mini music videos that I actually went, again, uh, cinematography is great. Art direction is great. Visual effects are great. Uh the way it's shot, well done by Sia, as far as the musical stuff. But again, that's her bag, so I'd expect her to shoot that well. But at the end of the day, this doesn't even come close to validating its existence. It really doesn't. When I think about something like Cuties and how it describes how we sexualize, you know, women at such an early age, let alone women of color, you know, and that's not just black women, that's, you know, any woman of color. That movie had a point. Whether people want to accept it or not, or just hide behind the bullshit controversy to not try to see the point, which I know a lot of people fucking did, that movie had something to say. This movie has nothing to say. It doesn't even know how to write its own fucking characters or how to even have them interact with, with each other. Music, as I mentioned, she really is pushed off to the side after about the first 20, 25 minutes of this film. Once Zoo kind of comes into the picture... It's really not about music and Zoo. It's more about music and Ebo. And it's really quite frustrating to watch when you see, again, your titular character just, you know, basically put in the closet and just locked away for a while until they really need her for these little plot elements. It's really quite an offensive film. And when I think about my worst of film from last year, when I think of Songbird and how it spoke to the coronavirus and, oh, you know, just live your life and, you know, fuck the rules, all that. Uh, that's offensive in itself. And this is the exact same thing as far as autism. It really is just acting like every autistic person is, is, is this extreme, that they're hard to love. Uh, Zoo flat out uh, damn near drops her off at the uh, the uh, people, uh, the people pound, as she called it. 
she oh you know what okay that's the last thing i'm gonna bring up then i'll get to my rating there's a point where she has her in this room at this facility you know that i guess you know like they take care of autistic um, people there and zoo's gonna leave her he's flat out gonna leave her there and it's this cold ass room. There's no color, which I'll be honest. I was sitting there going, really, you wouldn't have any decorations up if you know autistic. Like, like really, to have the room be so cold. I just, that was something I found disturbing. But I digress. Zoo is going to leave her there. And she's like, yeah, you know, this is just better for you. And da, da, da. really trying to justify it because Zoo is just being a lazy piece of shit and a drunk and doesn't want to, you know, better herself, let alone help out Zoo. And it is the first time. The only time that Zoo has ever really talked in this film, she says, make eggs, braid hair, and basically makes noises. That's essentially all she fucking says. And when she is speaking, it's not clear. It's a little muffled. The moment Zoo goes, yeah, I think this is just better for you if I just leave you here. And da, 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 Zoo, it's like music is just, it's like music all of a sudden like, oh, I know exactly how to speak. And goes, I love you, sis. Please don't go. Or something to that effect. And I went, Fuck this movie. Really? That's the time you're going to have her speak? It would have been one thing, and I'm giving this movie, I'm not even saying this is an out, but it would have been different if the film, if she'd been trying to speak more throughout the film so that when that moment does happen, as cliche as it is, it would have felt way more powerful instead of a fucking cop-out. But no, the movie couldn't even do that shit right. This is an incredibly frustrating film, and as I was mentioning it really is like songbird to me because if i had an, uh, an autistic kid uh or if i was just close to someone who you know was autistic i'd be fucking furious watching this and so when people and i again i read some audience reviews people calling this insensitive and calling it morally wrong you know i'm rarely one again to draw a hard line when it comes to morals as far as you know art because again i think that uh, much like most things art is subjective some people will probably find things to love about this movie um and if you do fine i think you're dumb as hell but that uh but that brings me to kind of my final point here if you're one of those people who liked cuties or hated cuties, but you like this film, fuck off. Because you're saying that one message is fine and the other is not. And it, it you're sorry, pardon me, you're refusing to see the even potential of the message that cuties gave out, but you're giving this film a pass. That is fucking bullshit. And this movie is a go fuck yourself. This is something I'll never watch again. I don't see a film. I mean, I know we're not even fucking March yet, but I don't know if I see a film dethroning this for my worst of the year. This might be one of those years where this is just locked. Um, I didn't see Songbird until you know December, but th this is one of those things where if this came out, you know, three months ago, I I'd probably have to have a tie between Songbird and this for my worst of. I I was flabbergasted watching this film again. Leslie Odom Jr., I love your brother. You're great. Uh, I'm sure you will move on to bigger and better. I am not worried about you, but I, I have to be honest. This is, um, this is Maddie Ziegler's like, uh, debut, I believe as far as being like in front of the cameras, like in a large role. Um, 
I don't know how long this is going to follow her, but this might hang on her for a minute. Like she might have to just kind of be okay with not having work for a little while. Cause this, this is one of those things that will hang with her because my God, this performance just really upset me. But yeah, this is a go fuck yourself. I, this is so frustrating to me. I will never even listen to the music from the, from the trailer, from the, uh, from the soundtrack. Cause I, I'm assuming C has already put the soundtrack out, but I, I will not be listening to any of this shit ever again. This movie's really terrible. And, uh, Sia, um, if you put, you know, if you put more, if you put as much effort into the script as you did your wigs and keep taking care of those, we'd probably be talking about a good film, but we're not. And, uh, yeah, see ya. Next time you decide to make a movie, really think about it. Make sure, make sure it's worth all the shit you're going to get for this. Cause eek, but I digress. Music, have you seen it? Let us know what you thought in the comments. You can go ahead and like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. I'm going to start streaming here um, probably this weekend, actually, weekend of the 26th, uh, because WrestleMania Wrestling's coming out. So I think I'm going to stream this weekend, but I'll keep you all updated on that. Uh, you can go ahead and find yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. That's R-E-E-L pineapple. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud. Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Tune Up at The Real Pineapple. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews coming up here for the uh, Black Cinema Showcase. I'm going to extend that probably in the first week of March. I was trying to get through some stuff, more stuff from Black History Month, but, you know, stuff happens. So we'll have reviews come up though from Malcolm X, which I am so excited to review that. Um, some uh, reviews up for a one night in Miami review up for Malcolm and Marie along some other, uh, uh, black cinema starring, uh, reviews. I'm really excited to dive into that here, but everyone, thank you so much for li- listening. Please stay safe out there. Wear a mask, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon.